Generally speaking about the church podcast episode number 107. Hola, amigos. Hola. It's Cliff here over at the About the Church podcast. And this is Deje. Deje. I am from Mexico. <laughs> Actually, just kidding. April Fools. April Fools. <laughs> hey, everybody. We are here. Holy Week 2010. Yeah. Holy yeah. Week. It is a holy week. Anyway, uh, we are here to talk about all kinds of stuff today. And uh, we're going to find out about what that is in just a second. <laughs> Because you know we spent a lot of time in pre-production. Oh man, we did some serious prep work today. Look at my notes of all the things I got listed Whoa. out. Do you Whoa. see this? Yeah, I'm you seeing. This is uh, uh, there's there's some lines on that page. There are lines <laughs> on the page. It is a. This is what we call a blank slate. Blank slate, clean yes, slate, clean slate. So that means you have been washed by the blood. I think what we have here is the ability to be quite flexible with this episode. You know what? I'm flexible with my toes. So that's got to count for something. Nice. I really am flexible with my toes. Are you flexible with your toes? Yeah, I didn't realize I had issues with flexibility with my fingers and my toes and my knees way back when. Yeah. Uh, until I was at like a fifth grade birthday party and it was at some girl's house and she had a swimming pool in her backyard. Yeah. I think they rented one like, you know, blow up thing, a really big one. You can anyway, rent, you can rent a big blow up swimming pool. I think you can actually. That's pretty funny. Anyway. And so we were standing around her living room opening up gifts and I was just sitting there standing there with my, my shoes off. And I'm curling my toes and doing weird stuff with my toes. And people are like, what the? Oh, my gosh, you broke your toe. And I'm like, no, no, that's, I was I was born this way. <laughs> I was born this way. <laughs> Hence the title of this episode. <laughs> I was born this way. Hold on. I got to write this one down. Yeah, I wish uh, I wish I could. Uh, <laughs> I was. Maybe I'll stick my toe up in the air and show the people live <laughs> on video what I'm talking about. That's right. Hey, DG, can you do this? No, I can't. I can't do shoulder stuff. I can do shoulder because you can dock your shoulder, but I can do this. Yeah. And I can pull my pinky out of socket. Yeah. I like, no, there's people like, please don't stop talking. All right. All right. And all I right. can, I can uh, split my tongue in half. Watch it. I'm just joking. Nice. I can swallow this uh, orange spoon. All right. Hey, April fools. We're not really doing it stuff. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, for today, what we're going to do is we're going to start things off with a few different audio pieces of feedback okay housekeeping housekeeping no we got a few housekeeping issues before we get started no 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 no. we're number one we love you guys yeah number two we got some video hold on i want to do this i want to do the rest of this episode in francis chan speak (laughs) hi everybody we're really glad that you're here this week we have a wonderful show i'm super excited about the very first call that's I'm, coming in. I am ecstatic. I'm it's I'm having a hard time controlling myself right now. Right. And you know, this actually is a drop below the excitement that you get from the announcers of golf. Dude, I just figured out he was trained by NPR you radio so? DJs. Oh my goodness. Yes, ladies. Yes, yeah. ladies. What? This is Mr. Schweddy. Mr. Schweddy. <laughs> oh my goodness. We're move right along because it's going down from there. Although I will say this, that, that our good friend Mitchell called in and this is what Mitchell had to say about crazy love. 
Hey Cliff, Mitchell here. Wanted to leave some feedback for the About the Church podcast. I actually wanted to give a positive review about the book Crazy Love. I actually picked it up per your suggestion and recommendation, and I actually really liked it. Um, I read it with an open mind, and it really challenged me, um, parts of it. And it's actually really caused me to do some kind of rethinking about the way that I should be and want to live. Um, I can kind of understand how the way that Francis Chan was reading the book could be kind of a turnoff um, from the podcast last week, but um, I, I really did enjoy the book, the whole thing, and um, I'm actually reading it a second time with my wife. We're doing it as kind of a Bible study. Um, kind of on a side note, I just wanted to let you know that um, Easter's coming up, and I've been doing some fasting, and for the last week of Lent, starting at midnight, it's Saturday, um, the last week I'm giving up technology, so I'm turning off my iPhone, I'm turning off my Mac, no email, no podcasts, no Twitter, no Facebook, no no nothing, um, just something that I'm trying to do to get closer to God, and um, I just thought that I'd share that with you in DG, maybe you could throw it out there as a topic or something. Um, just for kind of fun. Anyways, um, that's all I got today. So God bless. I hope you guys have a happy Easter and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Hey, Mitchell, thank you so much. Thanks, man. That's, that is heresy to the order of jobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> giving up giving up technology. For, I, I couldn't well, imagine doing it for two days. For two days. Well, yeah. <laughs> that might be the sabbatical you probably need right about now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that would uh, that might be a helpful thing for you. But, you know, I, yeah, I'm going to go back really quick and just say I haven't ever read the Crazy Love book just in full disclosure. Yeah. So uh, that was Cliff's opinion. So you're not, you know, I'm just I'm just saying, My, I'm just these, saying Francis Chan, the views I think you're a cool dude. You look cool. The, uh, you need to be a, a, a character on Lost. The views here do not necessarily <laughs> represent those of Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. <laughs> we, we hope there's some that do. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some do, but not all. All right, so go back go back to but, fasting for technology. Yeah. I know a lot of people that do that. I yeah, know a ton of yeah. people that say, you know, I'm going to take the weekend off. No Facebook, Twitter, technology, period. No email, no phone, no TV. Just, you know, a, a fast like that. Yeah. I love that idea. I, I somewhat do that on Sundays. You know, I try to stay away from technology as much as possible because it's right. it's my day off and technology is is a lot of what I do for work. And yeah. and, uh, you know, but but the thing is, is that to, to take a, a concerted effort to spend a week away from technology, um, I, I don't know if I could do it because it is my work unless it, I was to just take a week off right. to have yeah. like a kind of well, like a personal retreat, if you right. will. I mean, of course you could. Well, no, and, I and, could, and, but, and so I think that you're, yeah, exactly what you're just saying. I mean, you just have to be able to treat it as a, sub, a sabbatical almost. Yeah, you're just like, yeah. hey, I, I'm not going to do any work. I'm just going to, you know, yeah, get back. With and that's usually. something I've been thinking about. I, I, I would love for me to be able to just take a week and go away yeah. with no technology and just like a tent, some steaks. So, well, I'm not an outdoors guy. You know, I do like the technology of a flushing toilet. Oh, forget that, man. Just dig a hole and grab a big, long stick, and you can sit on the stick. You're good to go. Ouch. Biodegradable toilet paper or leaves. Just make Biodegrad- sure it's not leaves that uh, leave lots and lots of red whelps all over you whenever you wipe with it. Nice. I made that mistake before. <laughs> I love camping. I, lo- I really do like camping. I-, I think I would like camping even more nowadays, especially if I brought my camera along, but would my camera be considered technology? All your camera, of course it's technology. It's well, got batteries. Well, what about like a knife and a fork and a spoon? At some time, was that considered technology? <laughs> 
you know, but the thing is like what you're, I think what you're just saying is I'm just going to take a sabbatical from the things that, that, uh, consume my time. So like you want, you're not thinking like, I'm going to not use a refrigerator and not use a stove or not use a microwave or something like that. You're just saying, and I, and I think that's good. I think that those are retreats are needed for human beings. Yeah. Uh, I'm in a desperate need for one right now. I don't feel like I can go on one because I'm desperately looking for a job along with my wife. So I'm um, having to sell a house and everything else. But I, I think that um, I think that it's a good thing. And I think that's a good, healthy way of, you know, doing something like that to be able to give up technology. Why not? What about in a situation where, and I'm not making any suggestions, but have you ever considered that, you know, this seemingly is the most impossible time for one to take a retreat to, to go away, maybe even for two or three days and say, you know what, for the next two or three days, I know there are a billion other things that seemingly are more important, but I, I need to go and get away from you for just a weekend and say, you know what? Right. Maybe I'm not suggesting that you do no, it. No, no, no. I, I just, but, but the thought has crossed my mind. Believe me. I mean, there is a, there is a place when I get overwhelmed, I shut down. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I just, I'm like, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. Well, I, I have been, I've been going in and out of it lately uh, with everything that's going on in our lives right now. And, and when I shut down, it's just, I just, I, I'm sitting in my, in my chair at the house and I'm going and I just stare off in the distance and don't even realize it until I can. It's cool. <laughs> until like an hour from now. And I'm like, Whoa, what was, where'd the hour go? Holy cow. I just shut down. And I'm to the point now. And I actually tweeted this out. I said, I'm to the point now where I'm so, um, uh, discombobulated. Ooh, I use that word in a sentence <laughs> that I'm so, I'm not lost. <laughs> you know, I still have hope in Christ. I still talk to God, but there, there is a point there where I, I, there are just no words and it's just, I feel like I just have to wait in silence almost. And, and the only words that really kind of come to mind are the, are the chants and ancient hymns that I, you know, through Compline that I, that I pray every night or, um, you know, stuff like that. So I, I don't know. I think that, that there's a, there's definitely a place for that. I just, um, still praying about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hey, I did, uh, I've for the last two days, I've actually got back to doing some of the almost daily devotionals. Oh, cool. Okay. Episode one fifty and one fifty one, And, uh, which by the way, if anybody's interested, you can find it at almost daily cool. And this is something I read, um, out of, you know, in, in one of those episodes, I, I read this. This is, comes from uh, Dan Miller's book called The Rudder of the Day. Anyway, he says, all beginnings are hopeful. Actually is a quote from the president of Oxford, Oxford University, spoken to entering freshmen in 1944 in the midst of, uh, of a world war. This is a concept that we have uh, seen confirmed throughout history. In working with people going through change, I am often struck by the discouragement frustration, and frequent anger and resentment. Uh, I have come to recognize, however, that those feelings always tell me that the person is looking backward at something that has already occurred. As soon as we are able to create a clear plan for the future, those feelings quickly begin to dissipate and are replaced by hope, optimism, and, and enthusiasm. In all my years of life coaching, I have never seen a person who has clear plans and goals who is also depressed. They just don't go together. <laughs> and, um, you know, the problem is that the, the big struggle is when you are faced with change and all the things that you knew and were used to, um, it's like you had not been making plans for something down the road. You were 
content to be where you are. And so uh, I, I, I think having a, you know, a, a kind of a retreat away to help you sit down and say, God, what are my goals? What are my plans? You know, not just financially, how am I going to pay the bills? But right. God, God, what do you, what do you got for me? You know, right. what is it? What's my neck? What are the next things you need me to do? Right. And, and then, and then begin to say, okay, I, what, regardless of where I work, regardless of what I do for a living, what are the things that I feel I need to focus on? You know, you know, what is there with my, as being a husband, as being a possible father coming up, you know, sure. and, and all this other stuff. Just what is it, God, that you have laid on my heart and where do I want to be? Where, where, understanding who you have called me to be, where do I want to be in five years from now? And, and then daily, whenever I take an opportunity that might come my way and somebody says, hey, come move here, we've got this job for you, mm-hmm. then you can say, well, you know what? I really feel in my heart after spending two or three days alone with God that God really wants me to end up here. And I see that this opportunity, while it looks like it's going to be great over the next couple of years for us financially, I believe it's going to be more difficult for me to get to this ultimate place. Right, sure. So, sure. And so that those are the kind of things that I think yeah. where we're just getting alone with God. And I don't know what to, what amount of time that has to be, but yeah. you know, I, I I you know what? I pray for you, DG, and and that you will find that discernment. And uh there matter of fact there's a a scripture in here, Proverbs uh 3, 13 through 14 it says, "Happy is the man who finds wisdom and who acquires understanding." For she is more profitable than silver, and her revenue is more profitable than gold. So basically, <laughs> the, it's it's blessed is the, happy is the man who finds wisdom and inquires understanding. And I think that it's, it's God that gives that. So sure. yeah, well, and it's and it's one of those things where I know exactly where God wants me to be, but it's just the patience to get there. And and I and that's why I said it's it really is patience. At least I believe it's patience. It's just um, you know waiting around for the three options that have been brought up to us to actually come to fruition or not come to fruition. <laughs> and so I, and then once again, I always have <clears throat> one of the challenges I have to work through is expectations. And so if I see an option that shows up, this pops up on the radar and I'm going, Oh, okay. That, that would be really cool. And then I, you know, as soon as I say that would be really cool, I think I'm throwing expectations upon it and saying, Ooh, I, I think that might, be where I would really, you know what I'm saying? And then, uh, and then I have to just knock those expectations away because I think sometimes our expectations get in the way of God, even though we, we were in the right mindset to be able to say, God, anywhere, any place, anytime, any way. And, and there, you know, there is going to be that. And then here's the frustrating thing for me, at least, uh, if, if I just follow the typical pastor route in the Methodist church, then I would be doing something that I don't feel is is, is that long-term placement stuff that we were, that, you know, that you were talking about. And that's the frustrating part because in the, in the Methodist world, that's just your expectation. You're, you're an elder. You're going to be going where we appoint you. And this is the benefit of being an elder. We might move you somewhere, but you're guaranteed a job kind of mentality. And I'm, and I'm going, Hey, I, I, I want to be an, I, I feel a very calling, strong calling to be an elder in the Methodist church. And it's okay that you move me. But I, as long as you actually see, what God is doing in the midst of me for the kingdom and move me to a place that that's going to be really, really lived out. That's what I'm interested in. And I think the challenge for me though, is I don't think a lot of people are not doing that. They're, they're doing what they've always done, 
which is, I think your gifts and graces would be good for this church, but they're not thinking outside, you know, the state of Kentucky or they're not thinking outside, you know, they're not, they're just not thinking larger, larger picture. And it's just because that's what the polity is. It's the way it's been written, you know, and it's, this is what they're dealing with. It's what they're working with what they already have. And I'm encouraging people to dream way beyond that. And it's not outside the polity <laughs> to right. think that way. Right. I'm not, I'm not doing anything illegal in the, in the, in the book of discipline, but they just, they're just not used to thinking that way. And so when God's calling you to, to live a life that helps them dream beyond what's just always been, that's a difficult place. <laughs> it's a difficult place. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I want to go back to, uh, uh, Shannon was talking about in here and she goes, when she's praying and she doesn't know how to say it, she just kind of sort of says, you know what I mean, God, <laughs> and is always comforted. And I said, you know, there is a point, in, at least in my prayer life, when things get really rough, I start, I just start moaning and groaning, you know, and, and I just let the Holy spirit do the translation stuff. But I'm to the point that's actually after that in my own life, it usually goes really great prayer life, lots and lots of time to talk and listen with God, then uh, lots and lots of patience, and then my patience turns into groaning. Like, I'm still putting my hope in you, Christ, but (laughs) translate that one, Holy Spirit. (laughs) Let let creator come into God and hear that one. And uh, And now I'm to the point of not even groaning. I'm just to the point of of listening, of silence and listening with discernment. And that's, and to be honest with you for an extrovert, that's the hardest one to do. That's the hardest one to do. But, uh, I have a lovely wife and, uh, and lovely friends. Uh, well, I think you're lovely. Sure. I can call you you. lovely cliff. Uh, but amazing friends that, uh, that are, that are just praying that I can continue to listen. And that's what I really appreciate. Yeah. Is GSPN community and, and you and, and uh, just dear, dear friends that are just praying for me to be able to discern whatever I'm listening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well cool, man. Mitchell, cool. Mitchell, the one thing I will uh, say just uh, in closing on the uh, on the crazy love book, you know, I'm trying to give it, you know, I, I really failed this book in big time because of the audio version. And, and I, 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 I have the, I have the ebook version of it and I have uh DG to, let's see tomorrow is Friday. Good Sa- Friday yeah. Sa- Saturday. I am going to the Apple store to pick up my iPad. Oh man. Um, I am going to go to the store, pick up an iPad. See, that's, that's illegal. They, they should have released the iPad on Monday to celebrate Easter. <laughs> Oh. Don't celebrate on Saturday. What's wrong with you people? Come on, Steve. Well, I, I'm going to go Become pick up the Christian. iPad. <laughs> I, I'm going to pick up the iPad and I am going to see if I can get through it. Uh, and, 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 and again, see you know, if I can get through I, it. Well, the thing is, I, I, when I read the first few chapters on my iPhone. Oh, I thought you were talking about see if you can get through good 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 Friday and Saturday no. with having the iPad. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wrestle through Saturday. No, 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 no. Get no. to Sunday. Ha- celebrate resurrection. I'm, I'm gonna, the thing is, is I he this guy ruined this book. Listen, audio that speaks to you. I know I played a little clip last week, but I I listened to the beginning yeah. and listen to how enthusiastic he starts this off. Listen to this. Makes you really want to listen to yep. all of it. I'm excited about this acoustic Oasis rock. Audio presents Crazy Love. That's not him. Overwhelmed no. by a relentless Oh, that guy's God a little bit more enthusiastic. By Francis Chan. <laughs> Read you for go. you by the author. Unfortunately. <laughs> it should say, unfortunately, <laughs> read to you. To just read the Bible, attend church, and avoid, quote unquote, big sins. Is this passionate, wholehearted love for God? 
Francois Fenelon, <laughs> The Seeking Heart. We all know something's wrong. And he was quoting someone else. At first I thought it was just me. Then I stood before 20,000 Christian college students and asked, how many of you have read the New Testament and wondered if we in the church are missing it? When almost every hand went up, I felt comforted. At least I'm not crazy. In this book, I am going to ask some hard questions. <laughs> They'll resonate with what a lot of us feel, but are generally afraid to articulate. Please stop it. We're losing our audience. We're losing our audience. Oh my gosh. It's, it's like mesmerizing. It's put me to sleep. And, and, and I will tell you, I really liked this book. And then I got into the lukewarm Christians chapter and, and I did have a little bit of an issue, you know, and my, and my wife, you know, my wife is a wonderful woman. I love my wife. Sure. She's lovely. She, she <laughs> said something really awesome last night, uh, during our, we have a, uh, a little book club that gets together and we're, yeah. we're trying to get through crazy love. Uh, <laughs> that's crazy love. It is. Uh, but she said, you know, she, you know, we keep wrestling our minds around this idea of of this lukewarm chapter that he talks about he just explaining everything that he believes is lukewarm and equates that to being the type of people that god just basically wants to spit out of his mouth that that he'd rather you just be completely cold you know right. than, than to be who you are and and my wife be who you are yeah, yeah than to than, be to, than to be than to be uh than to be on both sides of the fence. Exactly. Straddling the fence. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that um, what Stephanie says is like, listen, you know, I feel like he has, I feel like he wants you to be infatuated with God. That, that every day must be a, a day when you are infa- infatuated with God. And, and if you think about the infatuation that oftentimes, like when you first meet the girl of your dreams, DG and, and stuff like that, you, you, which you one? Like, wait, <laughs> Obviously. Well, the first girl was always the girl of my dreams. I'm like, what? Exactly. I can't believe this. I'm dating somebody. Well, <laughs> nice. But you know, you, you sit there and it's like all of a sudden you, you, you get all snazzied up and, and you dress a different way and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're holding the door open and all this stuff. And, and, and you just go out of your way just because you are in love or you're infatuated. Actually. Crazy love. That's crazy love, man. Right. It's well, crazy. the thing is, is though there comes a time when you become so familiar with one another that eventually some of that stuff wears off. You know, you're not doing that all the time anymore. Right. right, right. And because I don't do those things anymore, I wouldn't say that I have a lukewarm love response to my wife. Right. So, so you're saying, um, you're saying that he is expecting everyone to have a mountaintop experience at all times. If I'm if not saying Christian? that that's what he's suggesting. That's how you're reading. I, it, that's or? when I read the book about lukewarm Christianity. Feeling. It's like, if you, you know, let me explain to you what lukewarm is. Have you ever done this? Have you done, then you might be lukewarm. And it's like, it's like every, it's like, listen, I, I every Christian I know <laughs> is that. Yeah. And, and then he goes into the next chapter after that and suggests that, Perhaps, you know, our churches are full of non-Christians. Now, I've often said that you walk into any church and it doesn't matter what denomination it is. There's going to be a percentage of those people who may not be Christians. Sure. Yeah. You know that. Sure. They they call themselves Christians, but, but really have no relationship with Christ whatsoever. I think that's a healthy worship service. <laughs> exactly. But here's the situation, though, is that I just really struggled with the, his, his language. And so I was already kind of turned off by the lukewarm chapter. Not that I felt condemned or 
or, or convicted or guilty about my, I mean, there were things that I certainly question. Mm-hmm. And in the next chapter, um, he basically asked, you know, it would, if you went to heaven, you know, I told you all about last right, week. Yeah, yeah. And so, but the thing is, and then, but the, so I went into it and I was already, you know, it's like, man, I'm just not sure about just this guy's attitude and heart going into this. And then all of a sudden I hear him read the next chapter <laughs> like this. And, and it's like, then all of a sudden it's like, now it's not the content that I don't like, but the content is just boring me silly. And like, all of a sudden it's like, man, am I just not interested because maybe I'm that far away from God that this just doesn't pique my interest at all. I mean, am I really that far gone? Yeah. You know, it's like, and, and not that he's saying that I am, but you know, it's just like, yeah. man, but I, you know, the thing is, is so many people love this book and I, I started off, I read the first few chapters before the lukewarm chapter and, and I read it myself, but see, here's the thing. I'm wondering now that if I read the rest of this book, am I going to be able to get his voice reading this book out of my head? His absolute 100% pathetic <laughs> lack of any passion whatsoever. Am I going to be able to get, cause he says some very passionate things right. in this book. And when I read it, I was reading it with passion and I was reading it with enthusiasm. And now am I going to be able to approach the rest of the book without having that mentality? And and Ramen Noodle says to just use the iPod's fast audio book setting. (laughs) I don't know if it would work. I've done it before. There are sometimes I just like, I like it that way. Yeah. yeah. But but yeah, you know, I agree. I think there's... um, I don't, and like I said, I've, I haven't I, read it, the book. I can't really speak I to it. I can't speak to the I, whole What book. I can speak to is is Revelation itself, which is what he's quoting there. We're talk, I want to spit you out of my mouth. And, um, oh, man, do you, I don't know if I want to really get into it, but at this at this town, which one is it? Laodicea? Is it Laodicea? Yeah, Laodicea. Laodicea. Uh, they were actually pumping. They were getting, they had uh, water from a different location that was a hot mineral springs. Okay. And that hot mineral springs was was put down through an aqueduct system. And by the time it got to the town, guess what temperature it was? Lukewarm. It was lukewarm. And it was a mineral spring. And it was actually used as a medicinal purpose to cause and to um, to force someone to vomit. It was used to, to, to make people upchuck. So that's what's going on in the people's minds that are, re- that are you know, being read this and being told this is... It, you know, I would rather you be hot or cold and not lukewarm. And if if you are lukewarm, I would rather spit you out of my mouth. And so it's like all this imagery is going on to them because they're like, oh, that's the aqueduct. That's the water. And that's and so there's a bunch of history going on in the midst of that. And I think that Christ is just and I also think that there are some places and sometimes like, for example, back then you'd be a part of a guild. Say you're a part of the woodworkers guild. OK, and that's how you made your living. Well, the woodworkers guild would have a God. And you would you would sacrifice to that God, and you would eat the meat from that sacrifice God whenever you came together for your your uh, guild meetings. Okay, well, let's say you became a Christian, and they say, "Oh no, there's only one God." And by the way, you can't eat food offered to idols. And there would be people that would be like, uh, uh, "Well, if I left this guild, then you know they're the ones that are providing for my wife and I to be able to have a retirement. You know, they're the ones that would pay for my funeral costs. They were the ones that would take care of my family after I'm dead." You know, it would really was their security blanket was their job was this guild. And, uh, and so if you basically became a Christian, you stopped eating the meat and they would notice and they would say, well, we don't want you to make our God mad. You're out of the guild. And then we go tell everybody don't buy from this guy because he's going to make our God mad. And we won't, you know, you won't, we won't even have a guild. 
And that's what forced all the Christians to actually support each other in the midst of that. But I, th- I see the lukewarm stuff as, you know, here are these Christians that are a part of this guild that are, they're trying to, they're trying to go and maybe not eat the meat, but they're still going to the worship service of the guild. So they won't, you know, be upset. But then they also are a Christian at the same time. They're just, they're trying to live two lives at the same time. Right. And I think God is, you know, Christ is basically saying, you know, you know <laughs> it, this is it. This is me. This is the kind of, well, life I think, you need I to think that that's in line with what the author is, is getting. It's the idea that, you know, it's like, listen, you, you say you want to follow God, but you certainly don't want to follow all of his commands. you, want to hold on to your old way of life and right. and and stuff like that you'll follow god as long as it's pleasing to you or as it's comfortable and that, and, that i mean that's the understanding i've never heard of any other understanding of lukewarm outside right. of that right and and so and i think that's that's a very 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 true statement in western christianity right now that needs to be said over and over and over again yeah we've become so consumeristic that we've even become consumeristic when it comes to our worship and when it comes to yeah. Uh, our relationship with God. And then we look at God as the vending machine God. And, you know, I put my prayer time in, so you need to give me this and that kind of mentality. So it's, it's a, I think it's a good word. I just don't know. And what, you know what I'm saying? I just don't know yeah, what I, he's actually saying with it. Yeah. The, but I do remember reading one of the chapters and it was that chapter, the lukewarm thing. And I was like, eh, I think yeah. he's pushing it in one yeah. direction a little bit too much. Uh, that's, that's what I'm feeling. And, 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 and you know, it just, <laughs> And of course, again, I have not finished the rest of the book. And, and so I will, from this point forward, I will withhold any further judgment publicly in a podcast until I finish the book. Okay. That's cool. And then I'll give and, my, and you've been in full disclosure saying you haven't finished yeah. it. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, everyone can, everyone. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't think anyone's faulting you for no, your opinion right now. No, but, uh, but Mitchell, I am thankful to hear that you've read it and it's, it's kind of challenged you and that you found it beneficial and that you did so based upon my recommendation. I, I think that's interesting that, you know, here I am recommending this book. He gets it. And then I'm trashing the book. And I'm like, wait, that's like, you know, I, and I he am, was blessed by it. He's been blessed by it. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I will be finishing this book. And, and I look, who knows, maybe I'll finish the rest of the book. And he's like, because I know the next chapter starts with, you know, my biggest fear with the last chapter was blah, 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 blah. You know, but, you know, maybe, I, I don't know. I'll finish the book and I'll let you know. Okay. All right. Next call comes up from Rick in Wisconsin, and this is our friend Rick right here. Hi, Cliff and DG. This is Snowy calling from Wisconsin for the About the Church podcast. And um, actually, uh, my thought has to do with something that <clears throat> occurred about two episodes back. Uh, when uh, DG was talking about his green shoes, and Cliff mentioned his belief that the Earth will eventually be destroyed by fire anyway. And DG said, uh, kind of laughed and said, you're taking it way too literal. And I was wondering, um, what is your interpretation, DG, of Second um, Peter chapter 3 and the three places, in, at least in the NIV translation, where it talks about the elements of the earth being melted. Uh, it mentions that the earth was destroyed by fire. Uh, water in the past and will be destroyed by fire in the future. And if that's not to be taken literal, um, what does it mean? Is it prophetic? Is it an allegory of some sort to refer to something to do with the church age? Um, I'm not sure how to handle that other than I think I take it literally. And if you take it literally, to what degree do you concern yourself with acts that are meant to preserve the planet when you know that 
ultimately the planet will be destroyed. I believe that we're supposed to be good stewards of the earth, which means not wantonly destroying the earth or being wasteful of its resources. But at the same time, I think there's nothing wrong with making full use of its resources. And we don't know to, you know, what day, the last days of our time here on earth is. But we also don't really know for sure when those resources will be depleted. And there's nothing wrong with looking for new resources and, and using better resources than we have in the past or using them more wisely. But I just have a little bit of a problem because there is a earth worship mentality that some people have and the imposition of mandatory recycling and, and uh, the thinking that's embedded in young children as they go to school about, you know, preserving the earth through doing all these things, um, to me there's some degree of that being pointless because I think you cannot stop certain things from happening and you can't undo certain things and I think getting overly concerned about me is just kind of literally silly. But I'd love to hear your feedback and, and uh, thoughts on that subject. Thanks, guys. Well, Rick, thank you for calling in and uh, some interesting things to consider here. Um, yeah. First of all, um, he mentioned Second Peter and a couple instances about the earth being melt, the elements being melted. Uh, you know, and, and what do you think of, you know, what do you think the reason of saying, you know, the earth was destroyed by water in the past and will be destroyed by fire in the future? Yeah. Uh, well, my, my, uh, my, my, um, the reason I said that was more focused on revelation and not necessarily second Peter one of uh, the, the thing, but I, I really think that in revelation, it's talking about an, an, an old Testament understanding of fire is a cleansing understanding. It's a cleansing Right. So you see how the refiner's fire kind of mentality and stuff like that. And I think that that's all it's really going to be talking about is, is there will be a cleansing of the earth that we will. And well, it's, isn't, and that it's what the, isn't that what the water, the flood, the world, you believe in the world, literal trans, uh, understanding of the worldwide flood, right? Well, that's why I was just telling uh, Ramen Noodle in there. I haven't really come to a conclusion to believe yes or no. Oh, really? Um, I, I don't necessarily think that it would have to happen, but I, why couldn't it have happened? I have no problem with it happening either. Um, but I, I think that, but in, 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 in here again, it goes back to when it, in like, like for example, in revelation, when it says there will be no more sea and no more oceans or, or something like that. And I think that, that he's, again, I, I take that symbolically because the sea at the time period was the symbol for pure chaos. I mean, it was, it was the, it was the bad place. Um, you know, and that's what made it so amazing when Christ calmed the waters and he was on people were like, holy cow, he's got, you know, he's got a voice that even, even chaos will listen to him. Another example of that is when uh, Legion was brought out and put into the pigs. Well, the pigs went home. They went into the ocean. They went back to the chaos understanding. And so I, I do the same thing with revelation is the reason there is no more sea is, is the symbol of saying the, the chaos part will be no more. And, uh, and that's what I think that it's going on in Revelation is a, sim is a symbol. Um, whether it happens completely by fire or not, I, I don't think it really matters. I think it's going to be a symbol of refining so that we can have a renewed earth and a renewed heaven. Right. So that's my, that's my belief. So but, that same thing could be true. Of, of, of second, I haven't really got into Second Peter and, and really looked into that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I still believe in a very literal understanding that the world was flooded. 
Um, and it, it was there was a worldwide flood. And, you know, I believe that that could explain a lot of things, such as the Grand Canyon and many other things that we see, uh, especially also with the fossil record being the way that it is and, and all that other stuff. And, of course, I will say that, you know, that's my upbringing. My upbringing sure, is, sure. is that mindset. And, and so. Well, and that was my upbringing, too. <laughs> but I just uh, I'm just. I just enjoy wrestling with the Bible. I think it's fun. I think it's enjoyable. And a lot of people want to attack me because I don't have a no, perfect I'm, stance. I don't think that you are. I'm just yeah. saying there are some people that that they're so adamant on their beliefs that they don't allow other people to wrestle with the Bible. And I'm just to the point now where saying I'm still wrestling and I'm actually having fun with it. <laughs> well, see, for me, for me, the, you know, the worldwide flood in the beginning, whether it's true or not, um, I, I just don't see it as as. Well, and some people will argue that it's an essential thing, but for me, it it doesn't change who I how I think about God, and doesn't change how I process the future, right? And and how I serve Him, uh, at least not at this point. I don't see how it's going to affect me one way or the other sure. if I'm wrong or right. But um, you know, I've I've seen enough evidence that confirms you know with some discernment that I have, and that you know, worldwide flood, okay. I, you know, I've read through the scriptures, not just in Revelation, but just understand and have been taught uh, with some good convincing, you know, arguments to the fact that there will be a day when, you know, a thir- I think, you know, the earth is going to be destroyed and it's going to be renewed and it, and it will be refined, but refined by a literal, you know, the, you know, possible, possible fire. But whatever the fact is, is that the earth is going to be renewed. It's going to be brought back to yeah. its original state. So it doesn't matter. Um, so it, and I, and I see what he says, Cliff, your understanding of the past could either support or undermine your salvation theology. I, I understand that. I, and I've heard that argument many a time. <laughs> I'm sure you, the, the fact is though, is I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and savior. And I believe, Ditto. and and <laughs> I believe that God created all things. I believe He did so in a literal seven days, uh, or well, literal six days, and rested on a literal seventh day. <laughs> okay, twenty four hours. Yeah, twenty four hour period of time, um, or at least a full revelation of this of the sun. Exactly. Okay, I I believe in all of that stuff. Believe it very literally. But I also want to say that in the event that I might possibly and and you can't tell me I, it's not possible that I could be wrong, but uh, in the fa- in the event that I might possibly be wrong, it and God instead of creating the world in set in six twenty four hour periods of time, uh-huh. and instead did it over six thousand years or sixty thousand years, it's not going to change my faith, and right. it's not going right. to change my belief in the Bible, right. Um, but I will still, I still stick by. And if, if I had to, I feel like I could defend my, my belief, but I don't have to. And I choose not to, um, I, I believe what I believe and I, I encourage other people to wrestle with it and come to their understanding. Yeah, of course. I think the most important thing here is that we have a belief that scripture is God inspired. And if you interpret it differently than I do, you know, well, you know what? Is it possible that two different people say that they themselves are Christians? You know, that could one of them be completely off base? I have no idea. Yeah, that, that's sure. that's between me and God for myself, and that person and God for themselves. I pray that you know we'll all come to the place where where we have a true and right and real relationship with God. Yeah, 
and 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 I'll be I, I mean there are bigger issues for me that I'm that I'm wrestling with than <laughs> yeah, exactly. than than things you know I I've got I've got a family member who is you know that is um you know homosexual and it's like for me that's a much bigger thing to think about than than young earth versus fire coming and stuff like that right but i will say that you know the the feeling there came you know because i did say you know i you know we were talking about the green things and i said you know i i think the earth is you know maybe the earth's going to be destroyed and we're going to get and you said i think you're just taking that too literally yeah yeah. you could think that all you want but i I think i think that you're thinking that it's not literal enough so there you go, DG. <laughs> well, that's that's well, that's the great thing. That's the reason this podcast is so good. Yeah, I think is because we actually do have different opinions, and I think I think the good thing is it allows the listeners to be able to say, "Huh, never thought about that," or "Yeah, that's true." Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying it's it's the thing I really like about it. It's, yeah. it's it's not just one way of looking at stuff, and I and and this is what I think that that Christ had in mind. I think you know the Israelites and Jews got correct. Or had in mind is when we read the Bible, we read it in community. We don't just read it one person at a time. And so you're going to get differing opinions when you read it in community. Yeah. Uh, and then you allow the spirit to be able to, to, you know, give consensus and, and stuff like that. So the other thing I want to address that Rick met, brought up is, you know, like, listen, if, so, okay. So let's just assume that you take it literally, which by the way, I do. Okay. I okay. do. Okay. For the record. Um, so if you take it literally that eventually the world's going to be destroyed by fire, you okay. know, whether it be one third of the earth or the entire thing, blah, 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 then, okay. then is it pointless to try to save our environment, to try to keep the inevitable from happening? Well, I want to, I want to, I want to share with this because I am not a, uh, I'm not a green earth, green activist by any stretch of the imagination. And, and by golly, I'm, I am definitely guilty of throwing a whole lot of aluminum into the regular garbage can. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, I've not felt, well, I am too. Cause I didn't have recycling growing. <laughs> there was no, no recycling. I, I'm talking about this week. I, I, <laughs> I took out a whole trash can, probably had about 34 aluminum cans in, okay, in the thing. Right. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm telling and, 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 and to be honest with you, Right now, DG, my my heart has not been changed in this matter. It's like, you know, yeah. that I'm throwing that it goes in the trash. But there are times when I think, you know, one thing that did change is I the plastic bottles. You know, the plastic bottles were something that, you know, I felt it's like, why am I throwing this stuff away and just keep trashing it? It's like, you know, it, I can get good, clean drinking water, sometimes even better than what's in that plastic bottle. And and I can use a renewable, reusable uh, you know, clear plastic bottle that, that I drink out of all the time. And so I, there are some things that I think now, is it pointless to try to save the earth? I don't think so. I, I, you know, the, it, and I think Ricky even brought it up. The fact is, is we, you know, if, if we have the literal understanding, if we believe literally that the fire, the earth is doomed to destruction. All right. <laughs> okay. If we believe that we don't know when it's going to happen. And Rick, you said that. You know, right, we, right. And you know what? I love my kids. You know what I'm saying? I sure. love my kids and I, I, I don't know my grandkids yet, but I assume that maybe one day those kids, those grandkids will be here and I'm sure that I would love them. And I'm certain that they, they're going to love their kids. And, 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 and if God doesn't come, if Christ doesn't come back before then, I don't know how many more generations there are. But the thing is though, is I look around and I look today at our cancer rates, 
compared to what our cancer rates were before. And I know that, you know, from the studies that I read that sometimes it's the environment you live in can have a high predictability in mm-hmm. factor in whether or not you might um, uh, have cancer mm. and, and stuff like that. And if some of the, I think that if you look in some of the metropolitan area and it's the pollution and, and all the other stuff and the smog sure. and, sure. and all this other stuff, it's like, I really do believe we can't, we, if we look at it, we are slowly killing ourselves through our convenience. Yes. Well, okay. Sure, sure. So I do believe that. And so I am thinking through, I haven't, I haven't changed all my ways. I haven't bought the green shoes yet. And, and I don't know that I'll ever buy the green shoes, but the thing is, is I am thinking about my stance on this preserving the earth. I do think we, I don't think we should worship the earth. And I agree. There are some people that take it a little far, far. Oh yes. There are, and and the same thing that people, (laughs) you know, it's like, I, I love, you know, well, okay. No, the truth is I don't love animals. Okay. I'm just not a huge animal lover. Uh, it's, I don't have anything against animals, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not an animal lover. You know, I I love my dog. I know you do. I'll I'll say that. And I loved my, (laughs) my pets that I had when I was a kid. I did. Uh, I never want another pet again in my life. You know, it's just, it's just too much trouble for me. Right. But even if your kids wanted it, yeah, yeah. Oh, Cliff, you're so mean. I am very mean. I am horrible. <laughs> you but know the, how many, so, there's probably so many people like, you're so mean. You don't like that. That's fine. They, 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 I've got the emails before and I've got a filter. For, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> animal filter. Uh, animal filter. <laughs> now, see, the thing is, though, is that um, I, I definitely would never want to see a dog or a cat mistreated or harmed well, or sure, 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 drugged sure. behind a car or treated and malnourished from somebody who bought it and then didn't take care of it. I yeah, am yeah, yeah. I am all against that, but you know I think some people they go really far yeah. in in the efforts oh, to sure. save animals from cruelty. Sure. When man, it's like it's like I understand that it's like, but man, do you know how many children need to be saved from cruelty? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and and I'm not just talking about the around the world. I'm talking about here in the states. Do you know how many children oh, yeah. are treated worse than those animals? Sure. Slave trade, I you mean, know, sex slave trade. I mean, there's, all there's everything, kinds of everything. stuff. Yeah, and and I'm right there with you. I mean, the main thing I loved about the shoes that I bought were the living additions for the workers in the in the fair trade payment for the workers. I mean, I'm much I'm much more caring about other people than I am the you know creation and stuff like that. I do think there's a hierarchy in my mind. Of yeah. what to save. And if it came down to saving a small child or saving a tree, guess what I'm saving? Saving right. a small child. Kill the tree. You know? Yeah. But but at the same time, we can't forget about that fact that if we save that child, that child could end up having a child who has children, who has children, who has children. And what are we doing if all of a sudden we don't leave them a green earth and, that sure. provides their right. their basic yeah. nutritional needs and 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 stuff for them to survive, you know, right. in a in a world where Christ has not yet come back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't think it's pointless, Rick. But I, you know, I, I think I think even though I am not a green, you know, I'm not, and I don't even know if the term tree hugger is like offensive or not. I just hear it a lot. But sure, I'm not, I'm not out there doing that. Right. But but at the same time, I respect those who do. You know, I respect. You know, DG actually. You know, I, I respect the fact that he brought some green shoes and I respect the fact that, you know, that he does things in a different way. And, and, and he he has a compassion and, and a a um, a a love and affection for the earth. And, yeah, and, and I, I, I love that. And in, and in many ways, it inspires me to think 
you know, my, my, through my own thoughts on these things. Right. Yeah. And it's, and I think that's the, 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 I was going to say the fun part, but the fun part is just being able to say, Hey, if God created this, uh, you know, I want to take care of it. Yeah. I mean, if your child draws you a picture you don't want to just completely just immediately throw it away. Yeah. You want to show your child that you, you know, that you do, you're proud of them. And you, yeah, it's, you know. that, it's like, okay, eventually four, five, seven, eight, 22 weeks from now, you know, it's like your, your kids are going to have a whole huge, it's like eventually some of that's going in the trash. You don't just immediately take it and throw it in the trash. Yeah, no, you, you show value to it and you let them know that you love. And so I think the same thing, you know, God, God did this creation and, uh, and continues to, uh, continues to do the creation, I think through us in a lot of ways. Um, and I think that it's just, it's just too, it's just too beautiful to, especially whenever you have all these cities everywhere. I mean, the first place that uh, a, a human was sent for banishment was to a city. <laughs> you know, it's the whole Cain and Abel story. They were banished, you know, he was banished to a city. And I think that there is, and, 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 I, and then here we, here we come all the way to revelation and then God glorifies the city by saying, you know, it's it's going to be this place. This I'm going to I'm even going to make the city a holy place, kind of a thing, right? Uh, this new Jerusalem. But I, I think that it's um, it's just, and especially especially since I love doing photography, I love doing pictures of people. But I really really appreciate pictures of of nature and 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 things like that. So that's made me just a natural conservationist. Right. Uh, to do because I'd like to do landscape photography. So, well, we got one more call. This comes in from our friend Brent Green, and here's what Brent has to say Hi, this is Brent Green calling in for the About the Church podcast. Want to say thanks to DG and Cliff both for sharing their hearts last week and helping the just providing some input to the lady that had had such a traumatic health issue there. And is probably not going to walk again. Um, and some of what you guys say said just resonated with me. And one thing I want to comment on is just the word community. I think God uses the community, His body, in so many different ways to show His love, to show His grace, to show His mercy, to show His justice, to show just show Himself. And I. I think that's what's going on with, with her. I mean, as she was talking with others in the chat room and everything, I wasn't on the live show that day, but I enjoyed hearing you guys talk about it later. And what I want to say is, um, you know, Cliff said, reflect on how blessed you are. And I totally agree with that. But it, to me, it takes like conscious effort to do that. Um, my wife and I just signed on to go to Bulgaria this summer and we're going to, we're going to be at a conference with about 80 folks in Sofia, Bulgaria, and we're wrestling with them what it means to have life with meaning, life with purpose, and uh, pursue work with purpose. So it's a lot of Christians that are coming together, you know, trying to make sense of life, and they're, you know, they're really tempted to just take high, just the highest paying jobs and leave, uh, leave ethics behind. And, and just focus on themselves. But in community, that's why I think we love each other, challenge each other, support each other, help each other see the truth. And it gets messy in community. In genuine Christian community, I really believe it gets messy. But I think that can be a good thing as we engage with each other 
wrestle with the ups and downs of life and seek God together. Okay, those are my thoughts cruising across western Kansas. You guys are cool, as always. Talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. All right, Brent. Thank you very much, my friend. Always great to hear from you. Yeah, and just we I agree. <laughs> Absolutely. Great phone call. Thanks for calling in, man. Community is messy. It is. Messy, messy stuff. I was born that way. That's right. <laughs> you want to find a perfect church? Well, whatever you do, if you find one, stay away from it because you'll just screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that is that a cliff quote? That is a cliff quote. That's a cliffism. It's a cliffism. We don't write a book, people. Write a book. Someone write these quotes down. There you go. We'll even have an audio form of it. <laughs> it won't put people to sleep. <laughs> Here it is. Have you ever found a perfect church? <laughs> if you do, don't go there because you're not perfect and you'll just screw it up. <laughs> this has been Deep Thoughts by a boring author reading his own book. Thank you. By Jack Cliff. I told you I wouldn't do I wouldn't make any more fun beyond this episode. I know. Technically yeah, you're speaking, good. You're I'm still good. Still you're still good. <laughs> Everybody, thanks so much for listening. Please join the community at gspn.tv slash plus plus plus. If you enjoy this content that we produce, uh, you know, you know, obviously it takes a lot of work to put out as many as 10, 15 episodes a week. And it's because of the gspn.tv plus members that makes it financial financially. Financial financially ad- able able to make it happen because it takes a lot of time. Yep. Anyway, it is a blessing to have DG here and folks, please join me in praying for DG and his wife Tiffany Thank you, as they are Thank going you. through some major major life-changing events in their lives. Big time. Yeah, it's still he's just still in limbo, so thank you for all your prayers. Yes, pray for some doors to be opened and it's a big, crazy love to be poured out upon them. <laughs> and while you're praying for us, you can go ahead and pray for a church other than your own. Yes, absolutely. And another church in the area, not your own. Pray for them and, uh, you know, go check them out. Buy somebody from another church lunch. <laughs> or you just, I don't know if you're going to say lunch at the end of it. You're like, just go buy somebody from another church. Yeah, no, 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 no. Buy them, pay them off so they can come to your church. Go buy them lunch. <laughs> and whatever you do, don't argue about your differences. <laughs> don't debate. Unless you get a podcast, then go record it. Then have some fun, yeah. Have some fun, folks. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, join the community. Oh, and uh, give us a call. We're out. I'm, that was it. I've just burned through all of the voicemails. So yes, yeah, we have nothing. Please, nothing. Please. Give us a call. Eight five nine. Nada. Seven nine five four zero six seven. Again. Eight five nine. Seven nine five four zero six seven. You'll decide what we talk about next week That's if right. you do. That's right. All right. Bye. Take it easy. Bye.